is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Crystal and Lloyd, we talk about time management and fairy cakes and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Crystal and Lloyd. Keep on keeping on. I have to, I mean, I have to ask, how have you gotten better at time management? What, or what stands out? Lessons or practices? Practices. That's the biggest thing. You know, I've never been great at punctuality, but if I practice giving <laughs> myself 20 extra minutes on top of the hour that I've already told myself I need, sure. it's just like, it's magic. Yeah. And it really does require discipline, which, you know, because talent is never enough. It mm. requires so many other things to make a cocktail of success. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, much with communicating asking questions. Yes. How have your questions improved? You know, my questions, I try to leave it open for less yes or no. And more so just wanting to collaborate and hear what mm-hmm. people are thinking. That's mm-hmm. usually how I, how I've been approaching it because especially as a director, I come with ideas, but the reason I hired this actress or this dramaturg or, you know, I'm working with this writer is because I'm also so excited about what they have to offer. Mm. And do you find yourself, have you found yourself being more relaxed in getting an answer maybe that you didn't expect and then crafting a new question Absolutely. in the moment? Absolutely. Because in my mind, this is a conversation. Right. No ultimatums need to be made. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, there's a calm to it. There's no longer, not no longer, but when you start to feel, you know, your body, your heart rate rising, these are all things that become part of the practice when you can recognize that, oh, my heart rate is elevated. My armpits are sweaty. I'm feeling hot around my ears. I'm not feeling comfortable right now. Okay. That is why I'm resistant to this person's, you know, suggestions. I need to take a second, bring myself down, understand that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. All I have to do is sit and receive and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. That's helped a lot because, you know, as we get older, especially millennials, and I think, you know, baby boomers, especially, Mm. we're starting to understand our emotions and have an emotional intelligence that you know, we weren't really afforded growing up the way Gen Z knows themselves at like 14 that I'm just like, I didn't know these things until I was 30. I'm so impressed and so inspired. So I, I have a lot of grace for, you know, controversial moments or times when people, you know, when criticism comes, I always want to make it constructive because you have to have grace knowing that people are battling their own egos, their own insecurities and their own traumas. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be water. Just let it flow. Mm-hmm. Just, just be. let it flow. <laughs> let it flow. Uh, do you have any favorite failures or apparent failures that set you up for success? Oh God. I mean, yes, obviously. I've had failures as an athlete where I've just whiffed like a race. And that was the part where I realized, oh, you need to do strength training. That's why you're so terrible at getting off the block. Like, 
you don't have the power in the legs or, you know, even uh, as a performer, I'm in fairy cakes, I'm playing guitar. Mm -hmm. And when they asked me, I said, okay, I, I totally down for the challenge. Just so you know, I play in my bedroom. (laughs) I play and write music in my bedroom and then I give it to other musicians on, you know, but it was a good challenge for me because when I said yes, I also had to, um, what's the best word? I had to resign to perfection because I was like, you're gonna crash and burn at least once or twice in this mm-hmm. pursuit because playing guitar for yourself is a whole nother skill level. Accompanying yourself as a proficient musician when you're already a singer mm-hmm. is a whole nother skill level. But I was excited to approach it knowing that I could possibly fail. And I did. Mm-hmm. There were at least two or three occasions where I crashed and burned and I learned every single time something new, whether it was, you need to work on this, these four or five measures. This is where you get tripped up. You need to set this, or you need to take anxiety medicine because you know, you have anxiety, just take it. Mm -hmm. Things like that, just setting me up for success. And then every time I got better and better to the point where, you know, you're able, it's the least difficult thing I play now every day. Mm -hmm. So, but that also taught me to rehearse better and expand, you know, myself teaching to other, uh, resources so that I can, I can get better. Yeah. Yeah. It was also that you said yes, without fully, I mean, you knew you would do it, but without fully knowing how you would do it, you had to practice. I knew I was going to pull it off. I was like, I said, I'm going to pull it off. I don't know what it's going to look like. And Mm. I'm a control freak and a perfectionist, but I was like, I have to let that go Mm. and just lean into the discomfort so that I can like surprise myself. I was really excited to surprise myself. I love that. Do you have any, um, common pieces of incorrect advice that you're hearing in theater performing life? It's so subjective. Like when I hear people stress over headshots, I I'm like, why? I haven't gotten a new headshot taken in probably five years. And when I hear people like, Oh, I want a different style for this commercial. And what if I get called and especially black girls, like, do I do curly hair? I'm like, just take a picture. Like you cute. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's one of the things that I butt my head against. And I just feel like there's better advice to be had about Mm. how to properly um, manage the business of headshots as an artist for yourself. Like you don't need to dish out more than like four or $500. Like even that's a lot. Mm. So I would, I would say, you know, when it comes to something like that, like you should be able to, to rotate a headshot. I think for at least three years, you know, I'm already past date. I get it. I'm going to get up to it. But I think that's one piece of advice that I've always found a little frustrating. Like you don't have to break your wallet to get a headshot. Um, another, and I I feel like there's just so many terrible things floating out there, (laughs) but I mean, There are. I remember someone was like, my acting teacher said I should change the last name so that my ethnicity is more, more exotic. And I was like, 
they should be fired. That's terrible advice. I think the, and even with weight, like a lot of me and my girlfriends talk about, you know, when you gain and lose weight as an actress. And I remember in my earlier in my career, I've been blessed to have the same agent my whole career so far. Hmm. And I went to them at some point after a teacher told me that my look wasn't marketable. And I asked them, do you think I need to lose weight? And they were, their response is the reason I've, is one of the reasons I signed with them. Mm -hmm. Their response was that is none of our business. You are going to go into that room and what's going to book you the job is one, if it's meant to be yours, it's going to be yours. But Mm -hmm. two, like who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. they were like casting consents when people are unhappy. They can sense when people are desperate, you know, it's all about, do, do they want to hang out with this person on a set? Do they want to send this person to a, to a big budget set? And they were like, so if you come in super thin and you're not great at being on like that, like that, they were like, it's so far beyond Mm -hmm. what gets you the role, Mm -hmm. you know? They're like, we're just, we're never going to suggest that we're never going to tell you that. And we're never going to push you to do anything like that. And if we do, you should fire us is what they said. And I really appreciated that because it meant that my body was my body Mm. and it is not owned by them. It is not policed by anybody, but myself. Mm. And that was the most empowering thing because, you know, after that I ended up on a soap opera And that is just a breeding ground for like, you know, making sure you want to perfect your body. And it was just so nice to have a team that, you you know, wasn't pushing that or writing it. And it really allowed me to go through whatever journey I need to go to as an ex-athlete, as a, you know, as a current, you know, soap opera person who's on screen and underwear. Hmm. It allowed me to go through what I think was a healthier journey with, um, loving my body as an actress. And so anytime my girlfriends come to me and they're worried about that, or they say that their agent or manager said something about them losing weight, I immediately, I have to just slap it down and with love, just tell them that it's none of their business, Hmm. what their eating habits are, what they look like. Your body is your body. Yeah. Yes. And thank you for saying that. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not talked about enough. So thank no, you. it's not. Um, are there any changes you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity? Mm. Yeah. Watching what I, what I put in my brain, like the type of music <laughs> I listen to the type of, cause I love television. I grew up on television. I grew up on reruns. Like I will watch reruns of shows that I love and I've gotten very good at knowing that this season is not a season for Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like there are just some times in your life when you can watch Game of Thrones a bunch of times. And then other days you just need to watch New Girl. You Mm. need to watch Zoe Deschanel Mm. and Lamorne just like run around on screen. I've been very conscious of that. And I've also been very conscious of making sure I enjoy the outside of my apartment because we were stuck inside for so long (laughs) that is so true are you doing are you doing um like morning walks or just getting outside in general or is it it's usually a it's usually i have different paths that i like to run Mm. and so i like to just nice easy you know good morning jogs 
mm-hmm. have been really helpful. I live across from street from a park in New York uh, yeah. and it's gorgeous for try on. Mm. So I, I can run through there. Sometimes I'll just go on walks, you know, especially by the dog park. Those dogs are cute. But um, I love that park. Getting out. Getting out. You do. You know it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I lived on Wadsworth wow. Terrace for a whole year oh. of my life. Wow. 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 So I, I'm familiar with the area. You are, you know, Fort Tryon very well. It's so beautiful, especially in the spring, yeah. the flowers. Ah, oh, yes. That, that garden. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, how are you, how have you balanced achievement versus fulfillment in your life? Well, what does achievement mean to you, Clayton? To me, it means, yeah. um, well, it depends. I think there's a few different types. There's the ones mm-hmm. uh, that I set upon myself. I must, and usually it's it's revolving around muscling something. I must get this thing. Or yeah. someone else is saying, you know, you must get this thing. And maybe they're yeah. not even saying that directly, but it's an implied thing. Yeah. And then, you know, for, well, you asked about achievements. So I'll stop there. <laughs> yes. No, that's helpful because, it's, you know, these things are so subjective. And I'm... Yes. I'm constantly talking about this in my group of friends because I have such an eclectic group mm. who have Oscar noms who are you know like me working in you know downtown theaters some mm. people who quit the business mm. and we often have these conversations of what it is we want out of this industry and whether or not we're going to truly get it mm. and I think in the end it just comes down to wanting agency over your career and wanting comfort in your life. You want to feel as though you can provide things with ease. And I don't know too many of my friends who want more than enough is, is what I'm finding. You know, I don't have a lot of friends trying to like go to the moon with Elon Musk or whoever that guy was, but like, I, I think that there is, I think that that we are upon something very specific with the internet entering into the Broadway community and social media playing a larger role in Broadway. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when I initially wanted to do Broadway, part of the lure for it, for me, the allure was the anonymity that I could have. Mm-hmm. I could be Anna DeVere Smith. I could write these incredible plays I could direct, I could act in them, I could do some television shows like Nurse Jackie, et cetera, and have a comfortable artistic existence where I still have anonymity. Mm-hmm. And something about you know the new wave of technology and the innovation is bleeding into that for me. And so I'm, I'm having this conversation quite a bit about what it looks like to stay in this industry and fill fulfilled versus mm. needing to uh constantly be the attention it's like Michaela Coel said in her her acceptance speech mm. like what if you just disappeared and just listened for a while like and, and, and weren't worried about what anyone thought about you there's just something so freeing and liberating in that mm. yeah <laughs> I, I can only agree <laughs> You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And I think, I think the fulfillment definitely appears a lot quicker the second we kind of just be, you know? Yeah. Cause she was even implying that your art grows from that. Mm. And I mean, the sustainability of this industry is based on 
the product you're putting out. And if your art isn't something that can, you know, continue throughout your career and have a longevity that, I mean, there, what is that? What kind of, what is that? I don't know. What is that Clayton? Yeah. <laughs> and that is the secret. <laughs> Once you figure it out, <laughs> I I'm loving this. I am loving this conversation. This is so, so, so fill up my cup <laughs> sort of conversation. Oh God. Uh, oh God. Do you have any favorite books, most gifted books, books that speak loudly to you? I am a huge Brene Brown fan and her books have just been so helpful for me. She has this one called, I thought it was just me. Hmm. And, uh, it, I've read it probably five times now. (laughs) It's so good. Um, what is another book that I'm, I mean, I just started reading the, um, uh, Tomei Ademi, uh, children, children of a, uh, children of virtue and vengeance. That's what it was. Mm. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I was like a really big Harry Potter fan. And so when I saw that there was like a book about black people in this magical world, it's children of blood and bone. And I'm on the second one, which is children of virtue and vengeance. But Mm. Uh, those are my top three that I'm bouncing in between. Um, I'm reading Brene's book again. I thought it was just me and, and the Tomei Adeyemi books. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I, uh, I do yeah. have to ask, you know, as we wrap mm-hmm. up here, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Wow. One word or a phrase, right? Or short story, or it could be digital. It can change. Oh, that's cute. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to start with one of my mantras. Please. Which is trust yourself. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes easier said than done. But when you do. Absolutely. Great things happen. Great things. This is just like this conversation. It's been fantastic. (laughs) It's a, it (laughs) is such a joy to watch you perform. Watching, oh, watching being a fairy cakes opening night. It's running, <laughs> running right now at the Greenwich House Theater. Get your tickets. Yay. Such a joy, just such a, a bright light and an energy on that stage. And oh, you thanks. played that guitar, so <laughs> hey, good on you. <laughs> thanks. This, this has been such a great, a great conversation. Um, as we as we finish thanks. up here, anything else you want to add or toss in? Oh, I can't think. I mean, Clayton, are you an, are you in as an actor? Are you in the business as a director? Yeah. Well, we'll keep it. We'll keep it real short because we're, we're still recording. <laughs> um, I was on the Waitress National Tour prior to the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I pivoted oh. to producing. So Drew Desky, Dane Levins, Drew and Dane Productions, co-producers on Fairy Cakes. I work with them and I was there. So I'm doing a little nice. producing, but the performing's not done yet. You know, of it's, course that, not. it's that concept of flowing. You just yeah. flow. And I love how the know? business has taken the concept that us hippies have come up with as flow. And mm. they're like, yes, mm, flow, multi-hyphenated. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. it's like, 
you want to just flow through yourself as an artist. You're like, I write, I do this. And your reps are like multi hyphenated. We can make money off this. We like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been so great. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I got to know you a little bit more too. People of the world, Crystalline (laughs) Lloyd. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.